0: Well, uh, man, what a what a wonderful week! Last week that we heard from Pastor Dave, and we saw the wonderful doors of opportunity to begin to minister in this county, and and different people, and e- even different churches now are are saying, "Wow, we see maybe like never before an opportunity to reach a group of people that we haven't been able to reach." And and for us, that's been that foster care now today. I want to share with you a message called uh, The Assignment. The Assignment. Now, any, uh, any educators in here, people involved in, oh yeah, I see some educators in here today. Some teachers. You know, teachers get all kinds of excuses, right? About why children don't come with their homework. You know, now, now, you know, they cannot say, moms and dads, what we used to say. We, they cannot say the dog ate my homework. Because what dog these days is going to eat a whole iPad? Okay? It's all on iPads. No one's eating, no dogs are eating iPads today. They just don't taste as good. Uh, and, and so they, they can't offer, offer that. But listen, uh, eat, but still today... Every kid comes with an assignment. They have an access like never before to know their assignment. And what I would say to us uh, as a church, today is kind of, like, for me, one of those messages where I felt like God wanted to center all of us. God wants to center all of us so that we all get on the same page and we're all pursuing and doing the right assignment. By the way, you do the wrong assignment. Even if you do it well, you get an F. It's a failing grade if you don't do the assignment. You may do it. You may do it, do it to the best of your ability, but don't do the wrong assignment. And I would say this, uh, Calvary. I'm I'm so excited about all that God is doing here. I mean, I, and I know it's 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 uh, you know at 8 a.m. You know, and it's hard to get excited at 8 a.m., although you should be the most excited people on the planet. You've been up for four and a half hours already. You're on your third cup of coffee. Come on. You're really motivated people, right? And, uh, uh, but this is a place that is growing. This is a place that is seeing God move. We've seen an increase of thirty percent in attendance. About five hundred and forty people every week are calling Calvary home. That's incredible. We've seen that increase over the last two years, thirty percent. And 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 I I don't know about you. I'm not excited about numbers. I'm excited about Jesus transforming lives. And I I, I got to tell you, if uh, there's no other place, even if I wasn't the senior pastor. Of Calvary Church. This is where I would go. This is where I would have my feet planted because I'm seeing Jesus move. And I've always had this in my heart that I want to be right where God is moving. And uh, of course, a couple of weeks ago, uh, as a membership, and this is kind of just just a little tease for many of you, but uh, as a membership, we voted to move forward with the Calvary expansion. So if you're not a member here and you're just attending and, and you're like, wow, you know, we need to do something. I I try to transition out of first service into second service and you know, second service there's hardly any seats in this place, and, and so but uh, I just wanted to let you know we do have a plan, okay? And that plan is called the Calvary Expansion, and and just just in case you're wondering, just a couple of years ago. God took us on a supernatural journey where we now have secured 20 acres of commercial property completely debt-free, completely debt-free, a quarter mile from here, right across from Hernando Elementary, and, and one day, and it won't be that long, we believe, one day uh, Calvary Church is going to look like this. That's actually what Calvary Church is going to look like right here on 486. So, So imagine this, someone leaves chicken king they have thoroughly clogged every artery they don't know it yet right and 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 they're thinking to themselves, you know, someday I'm going to eat a little better. Someday I'm going to make a change in my diet, but that day is not today. Well, they they get out, they turn, and they they're headed down 486, and then they drive by Calvary Church, and they see this giant cross, and these literally those those blue uh, uh, our our designer actually said those those blue fans. They're actually hands reaching up in worship. This is how she described them. She said, when as she was designing this building, she, she said the Spirit of God hit her and she began to cry. And her husband came in and asked her, What was wrong? Are you under too much pressure? She said, No, as I'm designing this, I feel the presence of God. This is unusual. And and imagine this, though, that person's just left Chicken King, and they drive past this church, right? And they see the cross, and they're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I need, to get, I need to get my spiritual life in order, you know? And say, well, maybe some other day, you know? But then they just continue through the light at Croft, and then suddenly they see the world-famous sign, eternity in hell is a long time. I think Calvary is going to have to repave the U-turn, okay? Because people will think, I have just ruined my health. Oh, there's the cross. Wait, I could be in hell any minute based on the way I was just eating at that greasy spoon. They're going to turn around, and we believe God is going to increase the kingdom, okay? All right, now... um, (laughs) now Hallelujah. Well, you know, and if, if, you know, if you had your chicken cutlet this morning, we'll be praying for everybody right after the service. All right. So, um, you know, and we recognize these kind of projects take, take a while. So we're actually going to be, uh, even this year expanding this sanctuary. You'll notice a little bit different layout and we're playing with some things in here. Even today I saw some people walking in looking for where their seats used to be. Uh, but uh, this, th- our current sanctuary is going to get expanded to where we have uh, 400 seats so that while we're building there, while we're, while we're reaching for the new facility, which is going to have uh, in, in the 800s in, in seats over there, um, uh, we'll, we'll be able to manage the growth here. So uh, we want to let you know. Now, by the way, I just want to let you know, the Calvary expansion is not our assignment. These buildings are only tools that we will use as we fulfill our assignment, which by the way, you didn't see the other buildings that will be up, which will be a kindergarten building and a middle school and high school building. When we when we launch Cal, what we I don't know I'm, I've been calling it Calvary Academy, but uh, I believe we are going to have a presence centered K through twelve school where educators unlock the unlimited uh, unlimited potential when they educate in the presence of God it is a different philosophy it's something god dropped in my heart i'm here i'm beginning to hear rumblings of people across the nation saying there is something that has been missing in our educational experience and years years in advance here's what you're going to here's what you're going to need to know here's what it is it is the presence of god so you didn't see that But this is that place, and you are the people that God is giving an assignment to. Now, most of you know us here at Calvary. If you have been around a while, you would know that we would say that our mission is together, that we extravagantly love Jesus and selflessly love people. That is what we do. This is what we call our culture. So first thing is together. We stand unified. This is not a place where, where everybody is just running willy-nilly. No, no, no. We are going after God together. And when you come into this place and you say, wow, that, that you know, maybe for the first time you say, wow, that. That uh, worship was expressive. Well, I don't know, a uh, couple days from now is Valentine's Day. You know, uh, you know husbands, I, I, would, I would venture a guess that maybe you should express your affection towards your wife. Come on, that, I should have got more amens from the wives in here on that one, okay? <laughs> maybe there should be some expression of that. If you love your wife, express it. Not, don't give her the man answer, oh, she already knows. Right. She already knows. No, no, no. You got to express it. And listen, the greatest command isn't, hey, God already knows how I feel about him. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Our worship ought to have expression. That's why we extravagantly love Jesus. And then what? Then the outflow of loving Jesus is loving what he loves, which is people. And we do that selflessly. And we aim to do that selflessly. But that is the culture in which things happen. The vision is really, the way what we say about our vision is what we want to see in every person. We want to see every single person saved, healed, empowered, and launched into their calling. That's the way we say it. It's every person. If you're not walking in your calling, we haven't full, you haven't fully entered into the vision of this house. If you're coming here and you're just kicking the tires when it comes to Jesus, man, you're not saved yet, but man, it is our vision uh, 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 to see you born again of God's Spirit. And I've got some good news for everybody who is here. I read my Bible, and guess what? Today is. No, no, no. Not Super Bowl Sunday. Today is the day of salvation. If you're not saved, today God says the door is open to you and I'm sending some ambassadors to say with my message on their lips, be reconciled to God. You can be reconnected to God in a meaningful relationship, not distant, not afar off. Why? Because Jesus came, shed his blood for us, died on the cross, was buried, but on the third day conquered death, hell, and the grave and gives that victory to all who place faith in him. Today's the day of salvation. That's our our vision for every person. She would be saved, healed, mind, body, and spirit. She would be empowered through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and discovering how God has made you, how he has gifted you, and beginning to walk in that. And then we as leaders, we, we, we have some things written down. Hey, we, we believe that as a result of that, we have some strategies. What we do uh, is we create environments for you to carry that cross, that message. How? To, to first your family, then your church, then the community, and then to the world. That's why you hear about missions nights. That's why, that's why we're 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 so connected to family ministry through Calvary Kids and our student ministry. We want to help you carry that cross. Now, in terms of our assignment, uh, we all have different roles. You know, today uh, the Super Bowl will be played, and there are. Every position on the field has an assignment. And let me just tell you, the one that, that gets no glory, those guys on the line, that's those center, those tackles and guards, those guys you don't know their name, those mammoth human beings, if they miss their assignment... The quarterback will be sacked. The play will fall apart. The dynamic, the the sports center top 10 will just be about defensive players making plays on people trying to advance a ball. And I want to tell you today, Calvary, we all have an assignment. Those buildings... They're not the assignment. That is what God will enable us to build as a tool for his kingdom that will be used for his glory long after all of us are in heaven. Some of you are like, well, what if Jesus comes back? Well, listen, if he comes back, what do we care? We're gone anyway. But what if Jesus would tarry another 200 years and citrus county could be a beacon of light, a Goshen in a world of darkness where the presence of God has touched a people in a way that generationally things have shift, shifted. I believe, listen, with all of my heart, if we'll walk in the assignment and our roles, then we'll see God move in a, in a very strategic way that way. Now, If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and by the way, this message is on the Bible app, and you can launch the Bible app and find our event there, and and you can add notes on your own. So I want to talk to you today about uh, my role, your role, and our role, maybe better said, the assignment. So I, I first want to talk to you about my role and I, when I say my role I, I want to talk to you about a pastor's role because pastors man we we everybody has their expectation of what a pastor is and what a pastor should do and and we and and you know we, we got different ideas and perhaps you had a great uh, uh, pastor years ago who did did things much differently. Uh, I, I want to show you biblically what the main job of, of your pastors are. All of your pastors on this staff, people who are genuinely called by God. Ephesians 4 11 and 12 says it this, says it this way. And he himself, this is speaking of Jesus, gave some, to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some uh, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, how many of you in here today would say, I have heard of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Anybody ever hear of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Wonderful. I'm glad. If, uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you must be brand new here at Calvary. Uh, we, We believe here at Calvary fully in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit functioning today through submitted believers, through submitted believers. They are all in operation. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. They're all of the motivation gifts, all of the mind gifts, all of the revelation gifts. They are all in operation today. God never said that they would stop when the last apostle died. That is just not true, but if you've been around the church world at all sometimes what i just read to you gets kind of lumped in with this these these gifts now what the gifts of the holy spirit are way different than these gifts way different the gifts of the holy spirit are actually functions of his presence in your life. The gifts that I just read to you out of Ephesians 4 are people. These gifts are people given to the church. And they are given to the church for a primary role. Now, there's lots of things that we should do as Christians. But there are things that as pastors and leaders in the body of Christ that they should be doing. Now, what is it? Jesus said, you know, he says here, we he gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, sometimes sometimes called the fivefold ministry. He says, "I give them for the equipping of the saints, For the work of the ministry. Now, I, you know, at the risk of sounding uh, a little bit prideful, I'm going to risk it, but, you know, just hear me out on this. I don't know if you know this or not, but I am God's gift to you. (laughs) Pastor Carl is God's gift to your children. Pastor Todd is God's gift to us. Pastor Dave, Pastor Corey, and Pastor mckinney they are God's gift to us. And by the way, I lost the receipt, so you can't return me, okay? I lost the receipt. So, um, and, and my role, and really, all five gifts or offices, we all have the same job. We all have the same job. Now, we may do it differently, if you're an apostle or an evangelist. But we all have the same job. And here it is. It is the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. All five. So, you know, we've got the wrong idea. We, we think, oh, pastors, those are the people who do ministry. No. Believers ministry. Pastors, listen to me, we do ministry as believers. We equip as pastors. Sometimes we see, we see this in the modern church. We'll say things like, and perhaps if, if you're a little bit older here, you think, wow, if the evangelist comes to town, we think hundreds of people will get saved. And that is true. They function at a high level in the area that they are given. But listen, what if the evangelist comes to town, wins 300 people to the Lord, and then leaves? That's not God's design. God's design is that, yes, there will be evangelistic meetings, and yes, people will be born again, but that evangelist is not functioning in what God has called him to do unless he takes 300 people and then teaches them how to win people for Jesus. Man, that is the multiplication that's supposed to happen in the kingdom. That's why when you you come into this place, I always say this, I'm given as a pastor, I'm gifted as in the prophetic. I teach a class here uh, twice a year called Ears to Hear. And so my job isn't just to lay hands on you and give you a word from God, which, if I were to lay hands and pray for you out of out of love and genuine care and concern, I promise you God would stir me up to say what He was, whatever He would want to say to you. I promise you that would happen. That is not that that is not boastful. That is said because I recognize the grace on my life. But the role of the prophet has been so misunderstood. We think prophets are just weirdos in camel's hair. And they just stand up at podiums and make announcements about what God is saying. Yes, yes, there is an uttering. But prophets are supposed to equip the body to hear God and to say what he is saying and learn and teach the people how to flow in prophetic ministry. I'm glad I got one believer in here. Amen. By the way, our Bible tells us in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. It doesn't say your prophets will prophesy. Oh, glory to God. I'm glad I got some people excited here at 8 a.m. <laughs> now, listen. Listen. All five gifts have the same job. Equip the saints so that the body of Christ is strengthened. And my role is to help you identify your gifts. And by the way, ministry gifts, we recognize gifts. We can see it in people. We can see it. Even when you can't, we can see it. Uh, My wife and I were recently on a trip, and I I met a doctor. And she was a wonderful doctor. And she loves the, her medical practice. She loves what she does. And, but when I shook her hand, immediately I knew. I don't know how I knew. Maybe it was a prophetic moment. I, I didn't feel really spiritual. When I shook her hand, immediately I knew this doctor is a volleyball player. You say, how do you know that? Well, from 2010 to 2013, I was the volunteer coach for the Citrus High School Hurricanes. And when we finally won the, the district championship after not winning it for uh, like almost two decades, you know, I retired, okay? So, uh, but when I put my, I, I, I just shook her hand and I thought, this doctor is a volleyball player. And so I struck up a conversation with her and I said, Hey, you know, I I saw her, uh, you know, a couple days later, and I said, hey, um, you know, I said, I bet, I said, I "I know you're a doctor, but, you know, I said, but I bet you are like a heck of a volleyball player. She was stunned. She was absolutely stunned. Here's why. In addition to being a doctor, she plays on a semi-pro volleyball team. She was shocked. And I said, well, it's either be, uh, because of my history of being in volleyball or the Lord spoke that to me just to let you know that he sees, sees you for who you are. And, and, and I, I want you to understand this. Uh, all of us have these, these, these giftings. All of us have things to, to recognize. And we as, a, we as, as pastors... We, we're to see things in you that perhaps you don't see yet. That we could see something in you that God would develop in you so that you fully begin to walk in what he has called you to walk in. You have a ministry that has nothing to do with your vocation. All of you do. And we want to help you discover that and get you walking in the ministry, which is connected to our assignment. We'll talk about that in the end. Let's talk about your role. I talk about the role of pastors and what we're going to do. And that's why we do everything that we do here from life groups to to breakfast, to fellowship times, to to our, listen, everything that we have going on here is to help you to discover that. But what's your role? What is your role? Here it is. This is is so simple. You need to be available to be equipped. You're not getting equipped staying disconnected. You're not involved in a life group. You'll never get the life that's in the group in you. You'll never enter into that. Your role is to be available to be equipped. You say, Well, I'm here on Sunday. Well, enjoy your six-day fast. We'll see how you do on that. If you would eat the way that you, you, you know you, you feast on the things of God, man, I tell you what, we'd be a lot skinnier as a nation. But here's the truth. God sets a table for us. It's a table filled with grace, filled with goodness, filled with encouragement. And maybe, maybe, listen to me, maybe you can experience deliverance from that thing that's been troubling you. I believe God wants to set you free. I believe he wants to give you a new mindset. I believe he wants to fill you with your spirit and not only do a work in you, but do a work through you. But if he's going to do a work through you, it will be because you availed yourself to the people who were given to you as gifts from Jesus. I can't tell you how important the church is. Ch- the church, listen to me, people love to talk bad about the church. It's horrible. I don't know, I don't know why anybody would talk bad about Jesus's wife. And when you denigrate, the, listen, the church just isn't the individual. It's the gathering of the saints. It's the called out ones. It's who we are collectively unto him. That new Jerusalem in Revelation that comes down and is given as a bride to him. We're this people. And, and here's, here's what I want to say to you, church. It is that we have to be available to be equipped And and the apostle Paul tells his spiritual son, Timothy, about how to do this. In 2 Timothy 2.2, he says it this way. And the things that you have heard from me, from among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Here's what God says here. Through the Apostle Paul to his spiritual son Timothy, who is a pastor, he says, Find faithful people. Find faithful people who are available. Find faithful people. And then he says this who will be able. As God works on them. Listen, God is not looking for people of ability today. He's not. He's looking for people who are available. Are you available to be used by God? Why is God not looking for ability? Because He has all ability. He's full of ability. He will give you the ability to do what he has called you to do. Our job is to be faithful. And I know, I know, some of you are thinking, "Well, Pastor, I don't want to admit this publicly, but you know, I'm I'm not always faithful. I I I'm, I make mistakes and I fall and I, I you know I I. Wait a minute No, this says faithful people Let me let me show you how the Bible defines faithful people A faithful person is not a person who never messes up that's perfectionism and that is crippling and you can never live up to it But Proverbs 24 16 says this for a righteous man may fall seven times But he rises again. A righteous man may fall seven times. By the way, in the Bible, uh, seven stands for completion. So he is fully developed in falling. He is completely developed in falling. He's got falling down pat. Seven times but I want you to see the title God gives to him before he brings up the falling. He says, though a righteous man, those who have been made righteous by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up. The definition of a faithful person isn't a person who doesn't mess up. It's a person who gets up. And this is what we need to hear from God. A faithful person isn't a person who never falls. A faithful person, when he falls, gets up, repents, and keeps pursuing God's presence and God's assignment. Listen, the perfectionism trap has been out there forever, and it was first set in the garden. You remember the garden scene? Satan comes, says to Eve, If you eat of this tree, you'll be like God. Or, let me say it to you another way. If you eat of this tree, you'll finally be perfect. Because God's perfect. Here's the tragedy. When you fall into the perfectionism trap... Adam and Eve were already perfect. They were already perfect and they fell into the perfectionism trap. So here's here's my announcement to you. If you want to know who struggles with with perfectionism, here it is. Human beings. Human beings most of the time We feel subhuman knowing we need a supernatural God so we can be superhuman. And God is saying to us, hey, I just need you to be human and I'll be God. I'll fill you with my spirit and then you'll be empowered to do things, say things, think things, feel things that you would have never been empowered to do if if you would have ever tried to do those things in your own strength. But you got to be available. You got to be available. So get plugged in. Listen to me, church. Get plugged in and start serving. And listen, listen. We 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 really take people through a process to discover gifts. Let me just tell you, there are loads of positions around here that you could serve in that have nothing to do with your gift. It just has to do with you being a Christian. Like, I mean, come on. Can can you just greet some people? Can you host some people? Maybe could you help and offer and minister in the the ministry of helps in some way and serve in some way? You say, well, I want to use my gift. I believe I'm called to be a preacher. Well, make the broom your first congregation, okay? (laughs) Uh, All right. I want you to turn today to Ezra chapter 3. We're going to talk about rebuilding the temple. You'll get into your gift, but don't despise humble beginnings. Church, listen, don't miss your assignment. You got to be available to be equipped. And I promise you, if you get plugged in, With these next level leaders. You get plugged in with Pastor Carl. You get plugged in with Pastor Corey. Pastor Todd. Pastor Dave. You get plugged with it. I promise you they're going to equip you. They will equip you. And God will. But we got to be faithful. Let's be faithful. And believe. God you'll make me able. Now some people believe their gift. Is not their gift. And we might tell you, your worship belongs in the congregation, not amplified on a microphone. Glory to God. I don't want to be the Simon Cowell of Christianity. (laughs) No one's ever told you. They just looked at you when you were singing and said, oh, bless their heart. Anyways, I'll move on from that So get plugged in and start serving anywhere And we will equip you listen to If you're available and that's your role Let me give you this the third thing is that We all have a role together and this is really the assignment There is our assignment And we get this in Matthew 28. Most of you probably know this already. This is what Jesus said. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe uh, that I have commanded you, and lo, uh, all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. This says, listen, here's our assignment. Buildings are not our assignment. Here's our assignment. Go and make disciples. Now, I do want to correct one thing. Sometimes when we say discipleship, what we're talking about is I would t- like to take people who have recently committed their life to Christ and begin to teach them the foundational truths. By the way, we do that in foundations, which actually a new semester begins today, uh, you know, and you could, you could be a part of that. We want to train you. We want to, to, to walk on solid ground. We want you to take those steps of growth. We do. But that's not what Jesus was talking about here. When he said go and make disciples, he wasn't saying I'm going to send you 11 guys out to find other believers and then really really get them ready for what I have for you. No. He, he was saying this, go and win people to me and then teach them all that I have taught you. He is saying, listen, uh, go and make disciples. Jesus gave us this assignment. Go and lead people to him and teach them all that he taught us. And I'm going to say something that other pastors will not say. I want you to steal sheep. I want you to steal sheep. From the largest church in Citrus County. I want you to go and steal sheep. Do you know what the largest church in Citrus County is? It's called the First Church of Self. The pastor's name is Satan. The largest church in this wonderful place. It's the church of Satan. And there are sheep in attendance. Every day of the week. And I want to give you your assignment. Your assignment is to go and plunder their ranks. With the love of God. The power of God. And the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go and steal sheep. By the way. Not from another church. There's plenty of those people. But the averages in this county really says that there's only, it's really about 14% of this county are faithful in church attendance, 14%. The big church is out there to be plundered. It's the church of Satan. We need to start saying it that way because then we'll get more aggressive about reducing its roles. You say, well, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm I'm ready for that. Uh, you know, how do I do that? Well, let me just give you two simple things. Now, I'm going to spend weeks on this. We're going to spend weeks. By the end of this series, you're going to be like, okay, pastor, I get it. If you're and and we will go all year if you don't start reaching people for Christ, okay We'll just go all year until all right We'll do whatever God says to do but here's here's what we need to realize God is serious about our assignment And by the way, we will all stand before Jesus and be judged not about whether or not we're getting into heaven But about whether we were faithful with our assignment You say well, how do I do it then well? Uh, there, there's a couple of things. Let me, let me just give you some real practicals. Go and tell. Go and tell. Matthew eleven four 4 says Jesus answered them. These are, these are John the Baptist disciples. He said, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. This is what you need to do. You need to go and tell. The people in your, on your job, the people in your community, the people in your family, go and tell. Go and tell what you see God doing. The, when the demoniac got delivered, listen to this message that Jesus gives the demoniac who got radically saved and delivered. He says, however, he wanted to come with Jesus. It says in Mark five nineteen. however, Jesus did not permit him and said to him, go home to your friends and tell, go and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Uh, he, he, he was just saying, go and tell your story. All of you have a, a story. You say, well, I, I don't know if I'm equipped yet to uh, really share the gospel. Tell your story. By the way, people can't argue with your story. And then last, how about this one? You say, uh, you know, that one, you know, you say, man, just thinking about trying to get all of that right, you know, I, I'm not sure. Well, let me give you another strategy. For those who are even more timid, come and see. Come and see. Uh, When when, when Jesus was calling his disciples, uh, he uh, called Philip in John 1.43. It says, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found, listen, Nathanael and said to him, we have found him, whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" Right. Oh, that's so funny. Years ago, I was standing on this stage, and I was a, a part of a. I was part of the worship team way back then, and there was a missionary on our stage, and he said he was from Polk County, Florida, which is which happens to be my hometown and county and then he he said i'm from polk county and can anything good come out of polk county and he was standing about right here on the stage when he said it and i was sitting on the stage i just kind of lifted my hand (laughs) behind him waved everybody it was a it was a very funny moment but this is what he's saying he's saying hey he's saying hey really this is the one so what's he doing He is offering an objection. This is what he's doing. He's offering an objection. And notice what Philip says. Come and see. Come and see. Have you ever had somebody say, oh, you go to Calvary? They have three services? Oh, I don't like a big church. You know what you could say? come and see I, I, I don't know I, I I don't know about you know about that worship I, I don't know about that worship I, I don't know I've heard some things come and see oh wait wait you got that pastor man and he's kind of loud and preachy you know he's just he's pretty excited I don't know I'm used to something way more com- you just come and see. Come and see. They may, they may give you another objection, like, you know, uh, I won't fit in. Come and see. Come and see. You don't know my past. Oh, just come and see. Come and see. You see, the people of God, filled with the Spirit of God, worshiping in the presence of God, displaying the heart of God, living the assignment of God, will lead many people to the saving grace of God. Church, this is our assignment. We're we're not going to get another opportunity yet today. We can't go back and relive yesterday. Whatever we were supposed to walk in yesterday is gone. But we do have an opportunity to to fulfill our roles and to, together, fulfill our assignment. And that assignment is to let everyone know that Jesus is the Son of God who took on flesh. Why did he do that? Because he saw man in their sinful state, helpless. And God took on flesh, was nailed to a cross, hung there six hours, suspended between heaven and earth, paying a price in his own blood for a debt he didn't owe. And all who place faith in him and what he did. They will be born again. Washed. Cleansed. Changed. Over the course of of the next, I, I don't know how many weeks. It's going to be weeks where in this place. You are going to hear again and again. How we can live out this assignment. What does Calvary look like a year from now if those 540 people who regularly attend here every week, and by the way, that means we're ministering to way more than that because a lot of people come once a month. But what if 540 people won one person this year? If we just lived our assignment one person here's what it looks like (laughs) revival I'm telling you church it's possible and we're gonna see the glory of God